The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. Well, if you're here with us today, we are right dab in the middle of our summer mini-series that we've entitled Breathing Room, how to find margin in the everyday aspects of your lives. And so I will say this has been probably one of the most practical sermon series that we've ever done. I mean, we're really just trying to put the cookies on the bottom shelf. And and we enjoyed the spring as we went verse by verse through the book of Nehemiah, and we enjoy doing that. Uh, But during the summer months, we just like to take it and and provide some things that will really hopefully be a practical help to our church family. And I'll tell you that today's sermon will probably be the most practical of the practical, and I just want to give you a little bit of a heads up on that. I also want to just welcome back our team from Africa, and uh, for the last week and a half, they've been serving there on the Ivory Coast. It's good to see them back in church this morning. In a little bit, you'll have the opportunity uh, to just hear some reports, and so we'll let you know when that happens. We want to share with you some of what God did on that particular trip, and maybe how you can even get involved in the future, all right? So we'll be looking forward to that maybe in the next week or so, and excited about just the opportunities that we have, not just to serve the Lord here, but literally around the world. And so we're excited about what God's doing and what he's going to continue to do here through our church family. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, how, how many of you get a little bit nervous when you have to go to an emergency room or the doctor, or, or maybe just the dentist. How many of you like me? You don't even like going to the dentist, you know? And it just kind of makes you a little bit nervous. And, and I, that's definitely how I find myself. In fact, a, a few years back, uh, man, I started getting really sick. We were, at the, we were at the beach. We were living down in Los Angeles. And uh, man, my stomach just started not feeling well at all. And as I was driving back home, I literally had to pull over a couple of times and, and throw up on the side of the road. And it was just not a happy experience at all. And uh, I got home and it just, it wasn't getting better. I tried taking a few things. And, and after a while, my stomach started, I mean, it started hurting just dramatically. And I, I kept telling my wife, I said, I, I think I need to go to the ER room. And I, 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 I tease her to this day because she's like, ah, you're going to be fine. Just sleep it off. Everything will be okay. And another hour went by and it was like really bad. So finally I said, I, I don't, I can't help it. You know, I might be being the biggest sissy in the world, but I'm going to the emergency room. This is killing me. I get to the emergency room. I tell them what's going on. And uh, I had to literally lay there. I don't know, what was it? Seven hours through the middle of the night, just literally laying on a emergency room floor, curled up in the fetal position. It was not my finest hour at all. I was thrown up into buckets. It was just, it was horrible. Finally, a doctor came to see me. He looked like, you know, some kid off of, you know, a Grey's Anatomy or something. His hair's all slicked back, and he comes in, you know, all cool-like, and he looks at me. He's like, oh, everything's fine. Just go home and rest it off. I said, I'm not going home. Something's wrong with me. I'll wait to see another doctor. And so literally, I waited till this guy got off his shift, and another doctor came in. He started asking me some questions. Um, He said, you know what, this actually seems pretty serious, and so we had to do some scans, like some CAT scans, and we we in there, and as soon as I got out, he said, we've got to go to emergency right now. He says, your appendix just ruptured, and I was like, oh man, what does that mean? He's like, we don't fix this, you're probably going to die, you know? I was like, hey, take me to surgery. Literally, within a few minutes, I was in surgery. I got so upset with that previous doctor. He's like, go home, take an an aspirin, and die, you know? It's kind of like... You know, so I, I, don't have, I don't have the greatest memories of some of these type of things. And, 
about three or four years ago, I was going through a season here at the church. It was a lot going on, things with the building, trans, you know, as we were moving into this facility and just lots of hours, lots of different issues and situations that we were dealing with. And, and I was getting to this point just physically where when I'd get home in the evenings, I wasn't just tired. Like literally I had zero energy. I was, I was laying on a couch. I, I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't do, I couldn't do anything. How many of you have ever been in a situation like that? And you literally were like, I have no energy, zero whatsoever. And, uh, so finally I, I made an appointment with a doctor and and we started talking, chit-chat, and they did some tests. And basically, the doctor came back and, and said, um, we believe you've got adrenal fatigue. I said, what is adrenal fatigue? They said, basically, it's when your body has been running on nothing but adrenaline for several months at a time. And it just starts really wreaking havoc on your hormones and just kind of messes with everything to the degree that you can't sleep and you have no energy. And so we really had to kind of you know, change up some lifestyle things in regards to eating, in regards to uh, just uh, working out, fitness, and some of those types of things. And I was reminded from that experience that when our, our bodies get run down, our energy often runs out. And so today, what I'd like to do is I'd like to spend some time from 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, and I want to talk on this subject of breathing room in our health. Breathing room in our health. So a few weeks ago, we talked about breathing room and having margin in our schedules and on our calendars and how God wants us to have some of that space. Then last week, we talked a little bit about having margin, having some breathing room in our budgets and in our finances. And so this week, we want to take some time and in a very practical way, talk about margin in our physical lives, just in our energy levels and in our health. You say, Pastor, why are we talking about this in church? I mean, what, what's, what, why, why would we even bring this up? And, and one of the reasons we're going to talk about it in church is because the Bible does talk about it some. And, and so we're going to address it, and we're going to talk a little bit about what the Bible says when it comes to some of those things. The second reason that I think it's vitally important to address this subject is there are, it's, it's, as I've been a pastor now for 15 years, I, I've seen way too many wonderful servants of God people who love Jesus, who wanted to serve the Lord. I've seen too many who've had their life cut short by some poor health choices. And sometimes it was beyond their control, but sometimes it wasn't. And as a theme for our service today, and we might even put this on the screens, but our theme for the sermon this morning is simply this. When we push our health to the limits, we push our potential to the side. When we push our health to the limits, when we think, man, I could just do everything and I can just, you know, eat anything I want and I, can, I don't have to take care of my physical body. When we push our health to the limits, max it out, we often push our potential to the side. So from 1 Corinthians, I want to t- spend some time just talking a little bit about getting some breathing room with our physical health. To help us get context for what we're going to talk about today, we've put together a a little chart here. It's it's a graph of sorts that I hope will help you kind of understand um, what we're talking about today. And on this particular graph, you'll see at the bottom where it says physical energy. And so on the left hand, it would be minimal physical energy. And as we move right, that would be more physical energy, all right? On the side, you'll see where it says spiritual energy. 
The bottom is minimal spiritual energy. The top would be maximum spiritual energy. And, and we kind of create these four quadrants of sorts. So in the quadrant up at the top right-hand corner would symbolize lots of physical energy while at the same time having lots of spiritual energy. And when people come to a place in their lives where they have lots of spiritual energy and lots of physical energy or lots of spiritual health and lots of physical health, it it can cultivate a lot of devotion in the life of a believer. It can cultivate a lot of passion for the service of God and for the things of God. And so it creates a lot of devotion and passion. Now, conversely, when we find ourselves in the quadrant where there's low physical energy and low spiritual energy or low physical health and low spiritual health, it oftentimes will lead to seasons of disillusionment. When people find themselves where they have low physical energy and low spiritual energy, these are the moments where they start even questioning if there's a God and, and man, what's the point of church and spiritual things? And it just, it can lead for believers. It can lead to a place of, of disillusionment. Now, for people who have lots of physical energy and you, you have a lot of uh, health and vitality and a lot of just energy and health, but there's low spiritual energy and low spiritual health, you find yourself in that quadrant at the bottom of the right hand of the screen. Here's what often happens and what it cultivates can often be distraction. These are Christians who have lots of energy and they work out and eat right, but because their spiritual health is low and their spiritual energy is low, what happens is they find themselves often getting distracted by a thousand things smaller than Jesus, less than Christ, busy doing this and busy doing that, and oftentimes they get distracted from the most important thing. Conversely from that, someone who has maybe lots of spiritual health and lots of spiritual energy, but find themselves in a situation physically where they have low physical health and low physical energy, uh, sometimes what can happen in those moments is there is just that, that uh, what, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, disillusionment and, and discouragement can take place. And, and so it, from the scriptures, let me give you some examples here for just a moment. Um, for example, how many of you remember the story of Elijah? Elijah there had just defeated the prophets of Baal at Mount Carmel. He was on a spiritual high. God had done this miraculous thing, brought fire from heaven. It was absolutely incredible, big time. But it really wore him out physically to the point when Queen Jezebel came and said, because you did that, I'm going to kill you. He went running for his life. I mean, it was like, ah. In fact, when he got to the desert, basically what God told him was, you need to rest, you need to take a nap, and you need to eat. He was physically depleted. His health was depleted. And God basically said, here's, here's, what I, here's what you need. You need to sleep. You need to eat. What happened when Elijah found himself, yes, maybe high spiritual energy, but low physical energy? He found himself getting easily discouraged. And maybe you're there. And you're just discouraged with where things are at. Over here, I want you to notice there's another character in the Bible. How many of you remember the story of Samson? Samson in the Bible had a lot of physical strength, man, did some incredible things. I mean, he brought down buildings with his bare hands, it was just incredible, just an incredibly strong man. A lot of physical energy, a lot of physical strength, a lot of physical health, but low spiritual health. And what did we find in his life? He, He got distracted, didn't he? You know, Delilah, 
different things going on here and his life got very distracted. Lots of physical health, but low spiritual health and it led to distraction. How many of you have read through the Psalms where David would pen different Psalms? If you go to the Psalms where David was running from King Saul because King Saul was trying to kill him, he was running for his life, he was tired physically, he often wouldn't be able to eat like he wanted to. Because of this, it started wearing on him even spiritually. And as you read some of the Psalms, you'll find him where he's in this quadrant down at the bottom left-hand corner where literally Psalms, as you're reading them, you find David saying things like, man, God, are you even hearing me? Are you even listening to my prayers? And we find David here with low physical energy and low spiritual energy coming to a place of disillusionment. It's a wonderful thing when all these things come together and there's high physical energy and high spiritual energy and it leads to devotion and passion. And the question I have for you today is simply this. Where do you often find yourself? Find yourself easily distracted? Maybe physically you're doing well and your health is good. You have a lot of energy and vitality. But spiritually, it's kind of waning, and and so you find your life just being distracted by a lot of things that are just not that important. Or maybe you have good spiritual energy, but because physically you feel weak or sick and tired, you just get discouraged a lot. Despondent, depressed. Maybe you've even gotten to that place where you just like, it's all, you feel like everything's falling apart, and you're just like, what's even the point? I mean, I mean, life, serving God. Where, where do you find yourself? Today I want to speak to this subject of margin or breathing room in our health. So notice what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. Begin reading in verse 19. It says, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Notice this. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Notice that little phrase there. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit. You see, in church world, we know, yes, we're supposed to glorify God with our spirit. We're supposed to glorify God with our heart. We understand that. But according to 1 Corinthians, God also wants us to glorify him with our physical bodies. He wants us to glorify him with our health, which leads us here to our first thought this morning that I want to touch on very briefly, and that is this. Our bodies belong to God. Our bodies belong to God. Your body doesn't belong to you. Your body doesn't belong to somebody else. Your body belongs to God. That's what this verse is teaching for those that are believers. You've been bought with a price. Jesus Christ purchased you with his blood on the cross of Calvary. And your body now belongs to him. Can I remind you, just like God has given you possessions and entrusted them to you, they're not yours. They are simply on loan from God. And it is our responsibility to steward, to be good managers with the things that God has placed in our lives, whether that be homes or cars or whatever other possessions God's entrusted to us. They're not ours to hoard. They're not ours to consume ourselves. They are given to us so that we can leverage them for the glory of God. It's the same with our finances. Our finances are not ours. Our finances are God's and he entrusts them to us so we can manage those funds in a way that would leverage glory and honor to the name of Jesus Christ. It is also the same with our health. 
God has given us a body so we can leverage this body for his glory and for his honor. They belong to him. We can't give our hearts to God and then keep our bodies to ourselves. This idea, well, I'm giving my heart to God and I'm surrendered to him, but I'm going to do whatever I want with my body. The reality is this, God has purchased us. We belong to him, not just our hearts, but our physical bodies belong to the Lord as well. And he calls us and he challenges us to steward and manage our physical health our bodies in a way that would glorify his son, Jesus Christ. So first we see our bodies belong to God. But next I want you to see from 1 Corinthians, I want you to see that God expects us to keep our bodies healthy. God expects to keep our bodies healthy. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, verse number 13, the Bible says, meats for the belly and the belly for meats. All right? So the apostle Paul here is talking about the fact that food is for the stomach and the stomach is for food. That's why God created food for your stomach. Why did he create a stomach? For food. That's what these things are for. Uh, There was a big debate going on in the early church at Corinth. You see, what would happen is pagan individuals would take meat and they would offer it to an idol. They would literally sacrifice a, a steak or a slab of meat, and they would offer it to their pagan idols, their false gods. Well, when the temples were done, they would then take the meat, and they would sell them like at their version of the grocery bargain outlet. How many of you go to grocery bargain outlet and get cheap food and some cheap? Okay, and so basically, they would take that meat offered to idols, and they would sell it at the you know, neighborhood grocery bargain outlet. And so there was a big debate going on in this church as to whether or not Christians were allowed to, to eat that meat. Should we eat it? Should we not? And this, this, this debate, you know, there were some people in support, this side of the church over here, they were like, no, we can't eat that meat. That meat was offered to idols. And then one's over here like, no, we're not under the law anymore. It's okay. And it actually created a little bit of division in the church. And so the apostle Paul comes and says, all things are lawful unto me. Verse 12. But notice this, but not all things are expedient or, or beneficial. All things are lawful to me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And so in the context of talking about food and talking about meat, he says all things are not beneficial. They're not all beneficial. Not everything that you put into your physical body is beneficial to your body. Not everything you put into your body glorifies Christ and honors him in the greatest capacity. I want to remind you today that your body is a gift from God, made to be a gift for God. Your body is a gift from God, made to be a gift for God. And so we see our bodies, number one, belong to God. They're his. Number two, God expects us to keep our bodies healthy, that we would do that which is beneficial, that is best. You see, most Christians want to run around and say, Is this good or is this bad? That that makes common sense, right? Is this good or is this bad? But for the believer, the question we need to ask ourselves that's even more wise than that question is, is this good or is this best? And the Apostle Paul is saying here, hey, it's a wise thing to come along and ask yourself, is this the best? 
Is this the best thing I could be doing in this moment spiritually? Is this the best thing I could be doing in this moment physically speaking? Oh, God, our bodies belong to God, too. God expects us to keep our bodies healthy. Number three, I want to share with you some biblical practices for taking care of our bodies. You say, well, does the Bible say anything about taking care of our bodies? It does. Now, obviously, not a ton, but it does say some. And the things that which it speaks to, I think it's important for us to take a moment and just look at. So what are some biblical practices for taking care of our bodies. First of all, let me just share with you some biblical practices involving food. All right? Biblical practices involving food. As we noted a moment ago, 1 Corinthians 10:31 says, "Whether therefore ye eat or drink, whatsoever ye do, do it all to the glory of God." What the Bible is saying here is that there is literally ways to glorify God, to honor God, Literally by the things you eat, by the things you place in your mouth. You can glorify God with what you eat or what you drink. Oh, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. Now, I realize that it's not a very um, popular thing to teach about in church world, but the reality is this. According to the scriptures, Gluttony is still disobedience to God's word. Gluttony. Yeah, gluttony. When you eat too much. You say, Pastor, go preach on one of those other sins. <laughs> well, let's, let's address some that maybe we have to deal with a little bit. I, I realize that was what we would call maybe a respectable sin. You say, what's a respectable sin? Like, uh, gossip has become a respectable sin in many churches. Like, it happens, and we kind of know it's bad, but everybody kind of does it anyways because it's respectable sin. Um, materialism in many modern American churches has become a respectable sin. We know that the Bible, it's disobedience to God's word, but materialism, you know, and, and just this kind of uh, type of life. We, we know that doesn't align necessarily with Scripture, but it's become a respectable sin. And gluttony is one of those things in many of our churches that has become a respectable sin. Where people do it and everybody just kind of, eh, it's not a big deal. We overgorge ourselves. We eat too much, too often. And here we see that there are some biblical premises that involve food. According to 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, he says, hey, is this expedient? Is this best? Is this beneficial? And so I would ask you the question, do you primarily eat that which is beneficial? Do you primarily eat that which is helpful or the best for you? Does the majority of what you consume, the majority of the foods you eat, are they full of nutrition, vitamins, minerals? Are they good for you? Why? It's, yeah, all things are lawful. But not all things are expedient, not all things are beneficial, not all things are best. I would just throw this. Every time you eat or you drink, you're either feeding disease or fighting it. Everything you put in your mouth, everything you eat, you're either feeding disease or fighting disease. Now, I realize we live in a, 
a culture where we just have a medicine for everything and a pill for everything and drugs for this and drugs for that, prescription this. And, and so whenever we have a problem, we just take it. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm no doctor. There are places for certain medications and, and prescription drugs and all those types of things. I'm not saying those things are wrong, but here's what I am trying to allude to. It'd be very unwise for us, if we're struggling with an issue, to be taking a prescription drug for something, and then on the other hand, eating foods that's feeding the issue. Why would we fight the issue with a prescription drug and then feed it with the foods that we eat? Everything you eat is either fighting a disease we're feeding a disease. And I think as believers, it's wise as we steward our bodies for, the, for Jesus Christ to ask ourselves that question. Is this best? Am I feeding my body that which could help me most glorify him? Hippocrates said long time ago, let food be thy medicine and let medicine be thy food. <laughs> Interesting. To think about the fact that there is wisdom and, and there are biblical practices, whether you eat or whether you drink, do it all to the glory of God. You see, we live in a culture that is totally just obsessed with dieting. How many of you recognize, like, man, all over the internet, how many of you driving down the road? You're driving down the road and you see one of those signs, like on the telephone pole, it's like, lose 40 pounds in 40 minutes, you know, for $40. How many of you seen one of those signs before? It's like, wow, 40 pounds in 40 minutes. That, that sounds amazing. Sign me up, you know? It's, we're obsessed with dieting. And, and dieting is totally consumed with what I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat this. I'm not going to eat those things. I'm not going to eat these things. And that's, what, that's the paradigm of dieting. It focuses on what you don't eat. But it would be much wiser for us to take an approach in regards to food. No, rather than focusing on what I'm not going to eat, I'm going to be focusing on putting nutritious foods into my body, uh, foods that are full of nutrients, foods that are full of minerals, foods that have the qualities that will actually feed my body, that will build my body, that will help me to be able to have the health, the energy that I need to glorify God. Now, I realize there is more to this equation than simply food. I realize for some of us here, age has massive effects on where we are in our health and where we are in our physical strength. I understand that. Even genetics will play into this in a large degree. I realize that genetics has a lot to do with where we find ourselves physically. But what I am saying, as believers, we are stewards of the body that we have. And though all of us are made different, we need to be wise enough to say, I'm going to do with my physical body all that I can do. Why? Because God's worth it. And whether I eat or drink, I'm going I'm to do this to the glory of God. And while there are many who are consumed with dieting and what I'm not going to eat, not going to eat, we want to say, no, what, what can I put in my body? What should I put in my body that's full of nutrients, full of vitamins, full of minerals that have all the essential qualities that will feed my body that'll help me co to continue to be healthy and strong and energetic? Here's a good rule of thumb, just real practical, all right? Ask yourself, is what I'm eating, was it ever alive or growing? <laughs> it's a good rule of thumb. The majority of what you eat, was it ever alive or was it growing? <laughs> it's a good question, just on a practical level. I mean, you ask yourself, did, did, <laughs> is what I'm eating, did, did it come from a plant? 
Or was it like made in a plant, you know, with chemicals and additives and all these other things? I'm telling you what, it would be a wise thing for us to step back and say, hey, if I'm going to leverage the physical body that God has given me for the glory of Christ, then I'm not just going to eat that which is acceptable. I want to eat that which is best. And so we want to ask ourselves these questions when it comes to this. As we said at the beginning of the service, I think one of the reasons it's so important to address this every once in a while is because there are dear servants of God, people who love the Lord, and yet so easily, because of health choices, they're, they're not able to serve the Lord and serve their families the way they would want to because of some choices that were made early on. And so I want to I talk to those of you who are 20 and 30 years old. God has a plan for your life. We don't know exactly what that plan is, but he has a plan for your future. And don't go dig an early grave with your fork and with your spoon. We want to be the type of people who are stewarding the physical bodies that God's given us for his glory and honor. And so biblical practices involving food. Let me say this, some biblical practices involving some fitness. The Bible talks about fitness. Now, it does say bodily exercise just profits a little, all right? Apostle Paul said that, but he did not say exercise profiteth nothing, all right? It's one of those things that we want to give a proper balance to, but here's what Proverbs chapter number 24 verse 5 says. A wise man is strong. Notice this. A man of knowledge increaseth strength. Somebody who's wise, they're going to actually be increasing their strength. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to spend five hours at the gym every day. It's easy in our culture to get obsessed with this and go overboard with this. I understand. But for a lot of Christians, you know what we've done? Well, all that matters is a healthy heart and a healthy soul. And as long as I love Jesus, that's enough. That's great. But the reality is we've been called to leverage our bodies for the glory of Christ too. And there have been many servants of the Lord who have not had the energy or the strength to be able to work at their jobs effectively, who have not been able to serve the Lord even the way that they would like to because their health would simply not allow it. They pushed their health to the limits. They pushed their health to the max and in the process pushed their potential to the side. And so I call and I challenge those of you who maybe you're 20 or 30s, I'd encourage you, let's be mindful of this. And there's a place for proper amounts of fitness in the life of a believer. You say, well, that's talking to men. What is, it doesn't say anything about women. Well, actually it does. Proverbs chapter number 31, verse 17. The Proverbs 31 woman, how many of you have ever heard of this? Here's what the Bible says to you. The Bible says a wise woman, this Proverbs 31 woman, she girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. A wise individual is going to take time for some fitness. Now, we want to be careful. This, we can get obsessed with this, and I've seen many, many people go overboard on this one. But it is a wise thing for us to leverage ourselves physically for the glory of God. Now, this is not to say that we need to get so obsessed where all of a sudden now we don't have time for family, we don't have time for children, we don't have time for the work of the Lord, we don't have time for church because we're obsessed with eating right and working out at the gym all day. I'm telling you what, honestly, as you read studies, 15 to 20 minutes, four or five times a week of just some aerobic exercise will do wonders for your heart long term. In fact, if you don't even have 20 minutes, uh, man, download a hit app. 
HIT, H-I-I-T, stands for High Intensity Interval Training. And in eight minutes, you can get a very real cardiovascular workout in eight minutes a day that'll really have some long-term benefits for your heart, that'll increase. I'm just saying, there is a place where we as Christians, yes, we don't want to get obsessed with this stuff. We also don't want to ignore it completely either. Because if you ignore this long enough, you'll come to a place where you don't have the energy to serve the Lord the way he would call you to, where you don't have the health to be able to do what his spirit's leading you to do. And so there are some very real spiritual implications to the physical choices we make with our lives. Fitness. It needs a proper place. We don't want to get obsessed with it. But it's important that we think about some of these things. So biblical practices regarding food, biblical practices regarding fitness. Let me give you one that you might not think about, but the Bible kind of speaks of it a little bit, so I'll mention it. Um, Let me give you some just uh, principles regarding taking care of our bodies. Let me give you a third one. Fun. Fun. You say, fun? What does that have to do with our health? Proverbs chapter number 17, verse 22 says this, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Now, as most of you know, if you've done any studies, stress produces more physical detriments to our bodies than like almost anything. I mean, stress is just horrible on you physically. Stress. I know we don't have time to go into all the implications of how stress affects a person. Yes, physically, first of all, but then it bleeds over into emotions and relationships and eventually even starts to rehab it spiritually. Just that stress on our lives. And the Bible says, a, good, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Can, can I remind you of this? That it's, it's a good thing for Christians to have fun. I don't know where we, at some point, somewhere, it was this idea that, well, if you're a Christian, then that means you never, you never get to have fun again. And, and, and so many Christians walk around, you know, like they've been sucking on sour pickles for the last month and a half, and somehow that makes them extra holy. <laughs> There's nothing extra spiritual about being miserable all the time. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our what? It's our strength. I mean, if anybody should be happy, if anybody should be able to have fun, it should be Christians. Now, I get it. In the culture in which we live, there have been a, there's been a culture of people that have taken this, this to the extreme. And, and their whole lives are about having fun and doing what they want to do. They don't have time for their children. They don't have time, you know, for their families. They don't have time for spiritual relationships or the word of God, church. And why? They're just living to have fun. That's not what we're talking about today. But as believers, once we have it in its proper place, and its proper priority, it's a good thing for believers just to have a merry heart, to enjoy life. Jesus said, I'm come that they might have life and that they might have it more what? Abundantly. Why? Well, one, because God says to, two, because it's actually, a, it's healthy. It's healthy. So we see some of these things. I, I um, most people, most people have no idea how good God designed their bodies to feel. This is the truth. And you, you put somebody who maybe just kind of eats the average American diet, 
and I don't think it takes a rocket scientist, but if you're just eating what the average American's eating, I promise you, you're not feeling as good as God designed you to feel. So much of what we eat is processed. So much of what we eat is fake, filled with all kinds of just junk in it. And then we wonder, man, why, why, do, I, why do I feel the way I feel? Because we're not necessarily eating what our bodies were designed to eat. And so there is, this, there is this element of, you know, just allowing our bodies to align with how God's designed them. I, I don't have time to talk about how rest and sleep, the Bible talks often about resting in the Lord. There, there is, God gives his beloved sleep, proper amounts of sleep, even from a medical perspective, have huge implications on your health. In fact, recent studies now are even showing how proper amounts of sleep and getting proper amounts of rest or not getting proper amounts of rest leads to a lot of even brain issues. They're starting to connect some of this with even some dementia how a lot of some of the brain kind of issues that people have, a lot of it will come back to not proper rest. And so there's so many things we could talk about from a scriptural standpoint that God calls us into. He calls us into his rest. He calls us to rest in him, to sleep. We could talk about even just things like drinking plenty of water. You say, well, I don't like water. <laughs> I'm telling you. You say, I, I just prefer soda. Well, okay, that's, 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 I guess that's a thing. But if we're going to be stewarding our bodies in a way that glorifies God, in a way that really gives us maximum long-term health, then we want to look at some of these things and at least ask ourselves some basic questions. And and I'm not pretending to be any expert on any of this by any stretch of the imagination. I'm going to be 37 years old, and and I realize, man, the, the, the older I get, every year that goes by, I have to work a little harder at it and a little harder at it. And I realize age is involved and genetics are involved, and I'm not saying we're all going to be at the same place. That's not my point at all. My point is to say, wherever you find yourself, are you leveraging what God's given you for his glory. Even in what you eat and drink. That's what I'm saying. That even in that area, you can think about it through the lens of glorifying God. And that which is beneficial, and that which is expedient, and that which is best. You could ask yourself that question. And, and I'm not talking about, man, every moment, every time, but for the majority of your life, primarily, primarily. What are you putting into your body? Primarily. And I understand Christmas has come around, and I understand every once in a while to do some of these things special. I get that. But primarily, you know, if you find yourself two days, you know, two times a day, and you're at fast food, and all of a sudden you find yourself, and you're at a place where you're, you're drinking like, you know, five massive sodas every day, or even things that are more detrimental, I'm just telling you, it's going to have, it's going to have, it's, it's going to it's going to have an effect. You say, why, why, why are we even talking about this? Because we're talking about margin. And, and some of us, through what we eat and our lack of exercise, we have pushed our health to the limits. We don't even realize it. And when we push our health to the limits, we push our potential to the side. And I know you have a heart for God. I know you have a heart to serve the Lord. And I know you have a heart to, and you desire these things. But there is an element to which we have to think about how do what we eat and how we take care of a body, how does that impact what I can do for the Lord and who I am for the Lord? So as we've been doing for several weeks on your way in, you should have gotten one of these cards. If you got one, be sure to pull one out here. Our breathing room card, and each week we've been asking ourselves a couple of simple questions. 
And so I want to ask you to ask yourself these questions. Number one, in my physical health, what do I need to add to my life that I'm currently not doing? Or what do I need to put into my life that I'm currently not eating? And for some of you, maybe it's just, I got to start exercising. <laughs> and I've got to find a way to just make exercise a regular part of my life. And maybe for some of you, because of the work you do, you're outside and, you know, man, you're just, you get physical exercise just because of your job. And maybe that's for you. That's not something that needs to be a part of what you're doing. But maybe for you, it's like adding vegetables. <laughs> Like adding healthy food. Yeah, I, I don't like vegetables. All right, well, man, find one you like. You know, I don't know what it is, but what is it, that you, what is it practically that you could add? Next, what is it that you know deep down you need to get rid of, physically speaking? What is it? You just, you just, it physically, you just need to, you need to stop. And maybe, maybe for some of you, you're like, man, I just, I need to stop smoking. I just, that's, that's where I'm at. It's just not, I know, I know it's not good for me and I just need to stop that. I don't know what, I don't know what it is for you. I don't know, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe some of you, you just say, hey, you know, I got to quit McDonald's. <laughs> I don't know. What is it for you? Just that, that, you know, it would probably, you, you, you would be able to leverage and manage and steward your body better if this wasn't a part of it. Next, number three. What do you just need to do less of? You know, less of. It's, it's not that, in, 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 in moderation, it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world, but you, you know that for you, it's just, in the physical realm, it's just way too much. You know? You're like, man, I go to Starbucks five times a day. <laughs> I, I probably just, you know, I don't, I don't know what it is for you that it just, it needs to just kind of tone down a little bit. What, what is it, lastly, that maybe in the physical realm, for, so that you can maximize your ability to glorify God with your health, your strength, your energy, what do you need to kind of ramp up a little bit? It's something you're doing, but you say, you know what, it'd probably be better if I could do more of this. Maybe if I could get some more fruits and vegetables in my diet. That, you know, I, I, it's kind of there a little bit, but I probably could be more intentional about some more of that. Or maybe you say, I don't drink any water right now. You say, man, I could probably drink, I could probably drink some more water, just, you know. You say, Pastor, why are we talking about this? I thought this was church. Because your body does have an implication on your soul. It does. And your energy levels will affect how it is that you're able to follow the Spirit the way He would desire for you to. Is it everything? No. There's probably a reason why it's been 10 years, and this is like the first time I've taught on this subject. <laughs> Is it something that we need to major on? Eh, probably not. But it is something we should think about every once in a while. And that's my heart today. To allow us to think about this within the context of spirituality. That how we take care of ourselves physically does have some implications on our spiritual life. And what that means for you might be different than what it means for me. But taking some of what we've learned, that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That our bodies do belong to God. That there are things that are, you know, even though they're lawful, they're okay. They're not technically maybe a sin, but they're not best for allowing me to leverage my physical body for the glory of Christ. What is it for, what is some of the things the Holy Spirit would be talking to you about? Why? Because when we push our health to the limits, we push our potential to the side. I don't want to see any of you have your potential pushed to the side. I want to see each and every one of you being able to use your energy and your health for your family. 
have it there for your children, to be able to have the energy and health you need to serve the Lord and to, to serve in missions and to be involved in what God's called you to be involved in. And, and to do that requires a certain level of health. And I know for some of you, God is in his sovereignty, haven't, hasn't given you that gift of health. But for those of you who he has, steward it wisely. Because as many people have found out, you know, sometimes when it's gone, it's gone. And so if God's blessed you with it, then steward it wisely. So he could continue to to use your physical body in a way that would glorify his son, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.